KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without episodes to sit through. Copycat podcast came and crept through. Time's up. Sorry. Hey, P, let's start the show. You are now tuned to the Parker Edison Project. Good morning, and welcome to season two of the Parker Edison Project. This time around, we're showing you culture as a lifestyle. This is how the tenants come into play in your day-to-day life. And of course, for the opening episode, we had to do something big. For those that don't know, today, March 9th, marks the 25th year since the passing of legendary Brooklyn rapper Notorious B.I.G., In celebration of his life and legacy, we're dedicating this episode to his LP opus, Ready to Die, which was released September 13th, 1994, four days after my 17th birthday. A few months ago, I helped host the Happiness of Pursuit Festival in Ontario, California. And while I was backstage, I asked a few of the acts how they first came to know Biggie's first album. What's your name and what city are you from? Evidence, Venice Beach, California. My name is Bodie James, and I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Chino Excel, straight out Jersey, representing California. Shay Noor, and I'm from Buffalo, New York. Cam Meekins, I'm from Boston. Uh, where were you the first time you heard Biggie's Ready to Die album? I heard a promo copy before it came out on Crescent Heights and Pico. In my grandma's living room on Six Mile in Ardmore, Six Mile Bronx, West Side, Detroit. Oakland, California. I think I was still in my mom's womb. <laughs> uh, man, I was probably growing up driving around with my older brother. What's the one track that you think is underrated on that record that never gets enough play? The what? Ooh, and definitely juicy. Ooh. Man, that's hard because people like so much of it. Right. There's something about machine gun funk when you're not paying attention to it. Like, it sounds like just a loop or whatever, but the way he finessed it is not regular. Ooh. Not regular. Oh, I used to sing to Give Me the Loop Joint Crazy. Word? Ooh, I think unbelievable, actually. I think I'd have to say it's a classic for me. Legit. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. I did most of my schooling in San Diego, but I did my senior year in El Paso, Texas. I vividly remember being in the basement of my father's house, seeing the music vid for Big's Juicy on Rap City. I was already a fan from his feature on the Dolly My Baby remix with Supercat. It rose to number 27 on the Billboard 200 and was nominated as Best Rap Solo Performance in the 96 Grammy Awards. By 2018, Ready to Die was six times platinum. Today, it's regarded by many as one of the greatest rap albums of all time. I got my copy a week after its release and had it memorized by the end of the month. Every song except the last one. Something about that last track was too dark, too real, too close to home. Still, even then, I knew it was a classic. Daily, I would volley between that and Tupac's Me Against the World album. A lot of people bought into the East Coast-West Coast rivalry. Not me. I saw a clear mutual admiration. One of the first things you hear on Big's first album was a snippet from Snoop's Doggy Style. Big loved the West Coast. The music and the people. There's stories about him playing out here. In fact, for this episode, 
We'll hear details from a real rap aficionado about the time Biggie played a club right here in SD. I'm talking about Club Banks in Mission Valley. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. But before we get into that, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the time that's passed in season one. The pandemic has changed so much of what we knew to be the norm. Luckily, things are finally picking back up and that includes live shows and performances. I mentioned the Happiness of Pursuit Festival in the opening of the show. I know some of you aren't in the loop of what that's all about, so I got on the phone with its creator, 60 East, to get you up to speed and hear what it's like booking events in this strange time. What's your name and what city are you in right now? 60 East. I'm on the freeway. I'm actually on the 60 East freeway right now. I don't know what, what city I'm in, though. Hey. For the listeners, can you just run down some of your resume so that they can see all the different hats that you wear? Uh, yeah, I'm a artist, first and foremost. Founder of the Happiness of Pursuit Festival, which recently started about five years ago. I've worn many hats from tour manager to managing artist, booking agent, press, media, marketing, all that stuff. Being an independent artist, you kind of got to wear multiple hats. I learned real quick that no one's just out here trying to help you, you know what I mean? So I just started managing myself and booking myself and all that. What what is ThoughtFest? ThoughtFest is a independent hip-hop festival. You know, I had been throwing shows locally for a couple of years now, and I just kind of like decided to try to step it up. And I always had the idea of throwing a festival and you know one year we just kind of did it and it was small you know and just continued to grow it uh, year by year and now we're kind of like one of the bigger independent hip-hop festivals in the country where does MERS tie into that um MERS put me on my first festival as an artist well, back in like 2013 MERS kind of had to opened up a slot on the show for artists like all around the world and then like you know me and my crew actually won that spot you know being at the pay dues festival you know to this day i say that was the best day of my life that was like the first day to let me know that like i'm really doing this you know i was on the bill with like kendrick lamar mac lamar trinidad james tech man like any anybody who was doing it that year it was a stacked lineup to have my name on that you know really did something you know, I always had it in the back of my mind and always wanted to do something similar. And like I just said, you know, that was the best day of my life. And if I could offer that to like another young up and coming artist, like, you know, I, I think that would be dope. Thop Fest is the festival we're talking about. T-H-O-P Fest. What, what does that stand for? Uh, the Happiness of Pursuit. See, I had read a book and uh, in the book, the author, he wanted to travel to every country in the world before the age of 35. And as he was on his journey, he decided instead of writing the book about his own experiences, he was going to write the book about all the people he met on his journey that were on journeys of their own. And it kind of made me realize of like all the artists I've gotten to meet while touring around the world, people that I always thought were dope. I was like, man, it'd be cool if I had a platform where they can share their story. When it was time to come up with the concept for the festival, I was like, yo, I want to create this platform in my hometown and offer the opportunity to perform to all these dope people who I've met on my journey that were on journeys of their own. Kind of, again, just like that full circle moment, but it was all really inspired by a book. What's the most difficult part of, of throwing shows, you know, in, in the middle of pandemic? Well, I always say working with rappers. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of like an ongoing joke. But I mean, in the middle of the pandemic, it was kind of like, oh, that definitely threw a lot of, you know, corkscrews at us, especially since this is just a show that we were supposed to throw last year that mm -hmm. we kind of had to salvage. 
So that was like a problem in itself was trying to maintain the same lineup that we had announced the year before. The whole vaccination thing, wherever you lie or stand on that line of whatever's going on, like as far as throwing an event, it was just kind of having to answer those questions and, you know, dealing with whatever side of the coin people were on, reassuring people and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. even having to have that conversation with the city and, you know, we have we have to get like permits with the city and all the permissions from the fire department and police department and all that. So like at the front gate, we were handing out masks, hand sanitizer, uh, other things to help people stay clean throughout the day. We, we got through it and, you know, made sure to put the safety of everyone as a priority. This episode is, of course, airing on March 9th, which is the 25th anniversary of Notorious B.I.G.'s passing. What is your first memory of Biggie? I specifically remember being a kid and I mean, this was 97, so I was about seven or eight years old. I was writing raps. My brother was a producer and he was like making beats or whatever. I mean, we were just like hip hop kids. And um, this is the early internet days too. So I don't know like what popped up or like what website my brother was on or whatever. He actually said that like, oh, like Biggie, Biggie just got shot or something. Biggie died or something like that. Like I've never forgotten like, that's when I've heard that he died. Show promoters like 60 East are the cornerstone of any music scene, creating opportunities for artists to perform with big name acts and bringing those big acts to your city for you to experience, like the Notorious B.I.G. Their legwork makes a place for people to make memories they couldn't get anywhere else. If you've never been to the Happiness of Pursuit Festival, it's one of the few places you can still experience budding underground rap acts while they're still on the rise. It's a vibe. Super grateful to 60 East for dropping in to give us some backstory. I gotta knock out this commercial break real fast. Look, don't go nowhere. I got the goods for you today. Stay put. Stay tuned for more of the P.E.P. Hello, this is Maya from Maya's Cookie San Diego. We are America's number one black-owned gourmet vegan cookie company. You can check us out on our social media at Maya's Cookie San Diego. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Where were you the first time you ever heard Biggie's Ready to Die album? Wow, man. I would say it was me and my homies. We were just chilling, so lighting up a joint. (laughs) Having some 40s. I think it was Mickey's Ice. It was a tape. It was a tape. The tape. Okay, okay. My name is Wacko, Wacko Films. I'm originally from Islos, Islos Ángeles. I'm the uh, video director for iHeartMedia, and I'm also a director, producer, and uh, creator, man. While we were brainstorming ideas for this episode, my producer, Kurt, brought up an old rumor of rapper Notorious B.I.G. playing shows in the city. What's your name and what city are you from? Uh, Alex Lopez. I'm from uh, San Diego. Uh, We're talking about the Notorious B.I.G. being here in San Diego. How did this happen? I used to be with uh, Jamaica House. There's a club out of L.A. It was actually the biggest hip-hop spot in L.A. And they also had a record company, Kiss'em Records. He was my label mate. My MC, was uh, his name was Mystery from San Diego. 
He was also on the same label. So that's how I got hooked up with Jamaica House. They started doing stuff down here in Dago. I was actually part of the team that promoted Biggie's first album in San Diego. Street promo for uh, Ready to Die. So that was that was a big thing. At the time, it was the 432F clothing show was in San Diego. And they decided to do Jamaica House same week. Uh, that night was nuts because uh, DJ Jam, he was the... He was the headlining DJ. Uh, we had DJ Rags, a San Diego legend, myself. What what year was this? So I, I want to say it was 94. Can you give us just one Biggie memory that you have? Uh, yeah, well, it was not even show related. He was, uh, he, he was refusing to go on that night. He wasn't feeling well. He was supposedly feeling under the weather, but he just kept smoking blunts. <laughs> <laughs> My boy that was that was with us, he was the main contact with Bad Boy and Puff. He got Puff on the phone. Puff yelled at Big and told him, you have to perform. Bonkers. It was him, C's, and Lil' Kim. It was an incredible show. I mean, the whole everybody that was there was was, was into it. What was real cool is the following Wednesday was the Jamaica House in LA, and so we got the show down here in Dago, and then in LA, he brought out Mary J. Blige. Puff was his hype man instead of C's. That was a show. I mean, and Big was all the way up for that one. You know, he, he didn't argue or <laughs> say, I'm not performing <laughs> or any of that stuff. That that show in LA was was insane. And I used to have a copy of that on VHS and I somehow lost it or someone someone got me for it. Somebody's has got the, the a crown jewel, man. Just, just posted in their house, man. Yeah, yeah. Actually, two of them. They took my... They took my roots. I had the roots, their first show at Jamaica House. Um, and it was crazy because they were performing and then they had Rozelle. Mm -hmm. And Biz was in the audience that night. Biz got on stage and Rozelle and him battled. That's, that's something that should be in the Smithsonian. What was it like promoting at that time? It was crazy. I mean, it was dope because at the time everything was vinyl so i got you know i just went around to all the djs and went around to all the clubs and gave them all the records and you know asked them to play the play the joints at, at the club on the spot it got me into a lot of spots that normally when you show up wearing sneakers jeans and this is in the 90s you know you don't get into the clubs and i was just walking right in with a bag full of records and, and servicing all the djs just just insane and this will be out on March 9th, this episode is running the 25th anniversary of Big's passing. So it's so, so dope for you to just take a few minutes and, and you know, tell us what it was like when he was here. Oh, man. What's the most underrated record on, on Ready to Die to you? Machine Gun Funk. That's one of my favorites, honestly. And a big record for me <laughs> is Who Shot You? Ooh. Just a side story. I actually was DJing in LA and Pac came in the building and I played that record. That's bonkers. Had you have you run into Tupac or seen him live before then? Uh, actually, there at the club, and he. Everybody has all these great stories of him, and I unfortunately don't. So that's why I dropped the record. Ooh. No, I mean I'm not trying to throw shade on the man. I mean he was great. He was awesome. I mean I still got his records. It's just I had an unfortunate encounter. So, Big was much cooler with me. 
I, I got to, you know, hang out with him multiple times. Super cool cat. Everybody who met Big loved Big. I was at this show and I got to talk to a couple of different rappers and I was asking them with their, you know, underrated track on that. And Chino XL said Machine Gun Funk too. So you're in good company. Oh, nice. Yeah, Chino's dope. I got to promote his record too when he was on Rick Rubin's label. Yes, sir. Bro, your resume is incredible. And you're, you're still DJing these days, huh? Yeah, yeah. I still DJ. I'm, I have my own company. I do uh, weddings, corporate events. I mean, just to keep DJing. I love the, the art of it. I love the culture. So it's probably going to be something I do to death. So, well, my name, my, my, my government name is Alex Lopez. My DJ name is DJ Al C. Had that name since the 80s. My company is Supreme DJ Entertainment here in San Diego. We act low key, but we got so many stories like that. As jail felony, as Swiss Beats neighbors. And it's really happening out here. And that's what this podcast does. We spotlight ordinary people with abnormally interesting experiences. Between me and you, this city is Little Hollywood. But that's another story. It's not confirmed yet, but word on the street is there'll be a Thought Fest promotional tour early 2022. I'm already trying to fandangle some tickets to give away to listeners here on the podcast. Be on the lookout. Go to ParkerEdisonProject.com for more info. I'm going to bring this show to a close with one more nod to the great Christopher Wallace. This is my guy, Odessa Kane, from Southeast San Diego, Paradise Hills. And what you're about to hear is an exclusive track you can only get here on the PEP. Go ahead, find that rewind button, because you're going to need it. See you next episode. Stay safe out there. That's a can't coming through. Yeah. Hey yo, big up, big up. This for Biggie, get up. If not, your wig gets split up. This shot your lick up. Don't make me drill this clip up. Turn this track to Swiss cheese and give the ops a piece. Thinking it's love till I squeeze. You chopping with a tragedy expert. Step the bottoms off the switch of blood on my shirt. For how many y'all done smoked and claimed they was being resistant? Kamala, even though your ass been on some shit. It's your goodness gracious that fake. It's not the past that's the popping ass facts. Took a past that before you get your grave dug from a cane slug. Three sevens clearly etched. On my slug and my new sheets, I got an itchy one slip. Fall in this chamber, 36 that whoosh. It's still the structures that don't tilt. Too real, boy. I have you froze like blue steel field. From the Beretta, falls all in your off white sweater. The body stretcher, don't let these devils disrespect you. Oh, Rolex watches, these slugs you gon' die. Just go digging on objects, you gon' learn. It's not more. Uh. Thanks for stopping in. The Parker Edison Project is produced and hosted by yours truly, Parker Edison, and the good people at Platform Collection. Be sure to subscribe and catch the next episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, visit theparkeredisonproject.com or hit us on Instagram at the PE Project. My guy, Kurt Conan, is audio production manager. Lisa J. Morissette is operations manager. And John Decker is associate general manager for content. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund, I love saying that because it reminds me of Sesame Street. Y'all stay safe out there. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.